I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Have a nice dinner. Relax. 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 Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shock Therapy, episode 24. 24. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about that number. (laughs) It's a random number. Twos and fours are lucky for me, so this one feels like an especially lucky episode. We want to kick things off today by naming the elephant in the room, which was, where'd y'all go? Where were you? I always look forward to my weekly shock therapy episode. What happened? Well, we were on a bit of a hiatus, and while we can't go into all the dirty details, we can tell you that, well, we got contracted by some uh, powers that be to do some work that we can't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, we can't fucking talk about it. Um, it's like that saying, you know, if we told you, we'd have to kill all of you, and we don't know how (laughs) to dox people, so we can't find you. It's just a problem. But, um, yeah, contrary to popular belief, we were not on an extended bender, as few of you thought and were concerned. (laughs) We appreciate the concern. And for those of you that did email us to our Yahoo account, shocktherapypodcast.yahoo.com, thank you for the well wishes. Few of you checked in. Really appreciate you. And just to be clear, while we can't discuss what we were doing, we are alive and well. So we're, we're totally fine. Nothing COVID-related, but definitely very secret. Pandemic stuff. We can say that, but, you know, we're alive and you guys are maybe directly or indirectly because of us maybe some like project pegasus timeline jumping butterfly effect stuff maybe not just just saying Hmm. something to marinate something to something to mull over well beyond those uh what we just alluded to we're going to switch switch gears here and just say, like, we're so stoked to be back. Uh, we missed doing this. We, My co-host and I have been having, well, lots of conversations, uh, but we have certainly both missed this space and doing this ritual, but we are back on the wagon. Uh, we are back just in time for, well, many things. The veil is real thin. It is... Sunday, October 25th, as of this recording. The veil is thin, getting thinner. And we are right up on the election as well. So, yeah, things are are happening in a big way. Uh, the frost has hit much of the country. It is starting to get colder. Cases are spiking. We're up to almost 80,000 per day, up like 35%. <laughs> in the past week and yeah the election is is heating up we're just a week and some change away very exciting times um and yeah during our hiatus you know it was a little bit tough to choose to work with some institutions or sides that were usually 
against or like oh, not against or like critical of but you know it was for the good of all you people so that we could come back and mm-hmm. talk about the potential real October surprise that might come um a little bit about the astrology that might be behind that and yeah so much has happened I mean I feel well we both feel kind of bad you guys were left high and dry during the shit show of the debates but um even we were like working so remote and off the grid that we didn't even keep like up on all that stuff until after um saw all the memes with Pence and the fly and then watched (laughs) watched all of that after it went down and the town halls of course Yes. And, and Trump, you know, coming down with COVID and, and all of that. So yeah, just as my co-host is saying, we were uh, also, you know, somewhat removed from it ourselves. So we certainly uh, hope that you found some folks to chat with, some sources, some some ways of, of making it through. Some counseling. <laughs> without your dear friends over here in shock therapy. <laughs> Indeed. So we... We've decided that because it's been um, almost exactly a month, we're certainly not going to like do like a monster recap of what has all happened because it would be too much for one episode. We more so want to focus on kind of where we're at now, what's been happening lately. And as my co-host said, definitely want to chat with you uh, about what the skies have to tell us about what's kind of ahead here in the coming weeks and months as well. So to kick things off, uh, one thing that I want to mention is that the, uh, I almost said third, but actually the second and final debate was just this past week. And per most predictions, polls are tightening somewhat. Uh, The main kind of thing to note is that uh, Florida right now is uh, pretty close. Uh, Pennsylvania, Biden's ahead by roughly five points. But again, both my co-hosts and I do not really take these polls seriously uh, for a variety of reasons. That could be its own whole episode. But (laughs) certainly this upcoming week will be one of uh, much fervor (laughs) definitely some tightening um we've had a number of uh, figures published lately of just historic early voter turnout already i think as of right now there's 65 million ballots have already been sent back in and accounted for uh, not necessarily tabulated, but accounted for at least. For now. Uh, which is pretty wild, isn't it? That's a lot. Yeah, people are showing up and showing out as they should. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, showing up and showing out as they should for sure. And of course, in some states, there are there is like early voting at the actual polls. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been record uh, lines already. Um, and so we're, you know, not counting our chickens before we hatch, but it looks like this potentially could be the highest voter turnout since like 1908. If figures continue in the trajectory that they are. So um, that's to say nothing of like the suppression and the signature fuckery and all of the other various shenanigans that could go down, including like, 
oh, power grid failure in Detroit on election day or some sort of in- mass intimidation in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia on election day. So all that being said, we know many shenanigans are still brewing and will come online here. Uh, but voter turnout is definitely historically notable already. Um, and yeah, the other kind of main thing we already mentioned at the top here is that um, the num- as predicted, long predicted from, since earlier this year, we knew that this fall was going to be brutal, right? As we said, it's getting colder. People are spending more time indoors. Regular flu season's kicked off. Um, so yeah, the numbers are, are skyrocketing. And, uh, you know, some figures say that there might be another 200,000 Americans dead by the end of the year. So we might get up to half a million before the year is out. And during this past debate, uh, the phrase, I laughed because it was just so like morose, uh, the phrase that was used was like dark winter, dark winter, dark winter ahead for sure. Yeah, we thought that there was going to be a bloody summer. And I mean, it really was. We called that one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dark winter, it sounds very like Game of Thrones. And <laughs> yeah, it just ha- it can have so many meanings for what is going on right now. Um but yeah, like you said, could be dark as in there might be like grid play or electric play. That sounds like a kink, mm-hmm. but it's not maybe for <laughs> What's the your government. Kink, grid play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe for the government it is. Or yeah, dark is just in like dark times, a lot of dark shadows becoming um, visible in the light and us mm-hmm. having to deal with that and confront that. But yeah, I mean, it definitely, uh, I was going to say it floats my boat. No, this sinks my boat. I mean, I just naively, like, for one minute was hoping that we kind of were plateauing and I was kind of like hoping against hope. And I mean, I thought things were like somewhat okay in the summer. Uh, Apparently in August, that wasn't really the case. But in my world, it seemed, things seemed sort of better. And, you know, we talk a lot about like, um pandemic fatigue and things like that and I definitely feel it at times I mean like most of the time but then you're kind of like confronted with these harsh realities because like I do know friends of friends right now who have just gotten coronavirus and things like that so it's like there's sneaky reminder in the back of like oh this shit's not over and it's probably coming back with a vengeance especially if people like Fauci you know, are already, like, warning people, like, <laughs> and, like, how Gates was, like, the second wave's gonna make them pay attention. <laughs> That's a really bad, evil laugh, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, visibly snickered, like, he truly did, and exactly what my co-host is saying, right? It is, back with a vengeance is a really good way of thinking of it. And if you look to, while the parallels aren't perfect, if you look back to the 1918 uh, pandemic. It was October, November, December. It was the fall and winter, uh, early winter months. That was the most lethal. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a, um, this sort of strange unfolding of things. Some of this was predicted, but just as my co-host said, there was kind of this general sentiment in the summer that things were like subsiding and that maybe we were, 
incrementally progressing. But the past couple of weeks, it's been made abundantly painfully clear that no, no, we have, have not turning any sort of corner as 45 likes to say. In fact, it's back with a vengeance. Uh, and uh, certainly that dark winter ahead uh, has many figurative uh, and symbolic meanings, right? the shadows coming out as my co-host mentioned and uh, perhaps yeah actual literal darkness due to some grid play um not not to say anything of the uh constitutional crisis that we likely are going to be cartwheeling into here um in in november when the election results most certainly will be disputed in at least one state right Oh, yes, at the very least. And for us, that's uh, the most mild way we can put it. Uh, let me just break it down for you if you're new to the show or don't really know where we stand. Or, well, I'll just at least speak for myself right now. But I definitely, I think the voter turnout is for Biden. And oh, even saying that, though, I'm like, but wait. Um, but no, I really do. I think it's going to be um, an overwhelming, like, clear victory for him. But I don't think that Trump is going to leave. Because as we know, even the ACLU, I think, has over 200 lawsuits filed against him, let alone all the women who have lawsuits against him and companies. And who the fuck else knows at this point? But he ain't leaving Either way. So I predict mm-hmm. that Biden will technically win. We already know Trump's been calling fraud for like months and trying to fuck up the post ser- postal service and, mm-hmm. you know, claiming fraud with mail-in ballots, even though he had a history of voting via mail-in ballot himself. And it was just more than fine back then, of course, sheer hypocrisy as always. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What my co-host just pointed to, I think is a really key nuance, which is that, okay, on the one hand, will, will Biden uh, win in some sort of landslide fashion? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, for sure. However, on the other side of things, will Trump lose? And by lose, I mean, admit defeat. We talked in an earlier episode about how much of this transition process is uh, sort of ceremonial in the sense that you need to have the loser concede in order for things to move forward. So as my ghost is saying, will he, will he concede? No. Will he accept defeat? No. Will he leave peacefully? Absolutely not. He's already admitted to as much. So I think there's, there's kind of this grand illusion playing out right now of like, I think a lot of people are psyching themselves up and I've talked to a number of people, friends and family who are like, well, oh, pose are looking good. Pose are looking good. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> that I... may be true, but that doesn't, <laughs> says nothing of the ensuing shenanigans, right? Right. It's like one, didn't we all learn from 2016? I mean, that was our not so distant past where everyone was like, Trump in the White House? Inconceivable. <laughs> it's not the Orange House. And just like everyone was already claiming a premature victory for Clinton. So that alone is alarming. But um, I I hope, I can't remember <laughs> two important details of this, but I know that Trump is putting people in power, um, or at least attempting to, with like Amy Coney Barrett, um, who were part of the legal team like contesting the Gore versus Bush election. Do you hear that? 
Yes, totally. Her, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh all were legally involved in the 2000 election. Totally. Right. So, yeah, that's the most alarming to me because it's like clearly they're already prepping um, to contest this and take this to a legal battle. Also, which you've alluded to this possibility many time and or many times in the podcast and how that could play out into like January. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you have these three, this, you know, Amy Coney Barrett's going to, she passed her Senate uh, confirmation. So it looks like she's going to get officially confirmed this coming <gasps> week. Easy, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. No problems there. Kill me. Uh, in terms of the vote count, but of course, lots of, <laughs> lots of problems to come. For but women yeah, and so everyone. You have these three Supreme Court justices that were involved with 2000 Bush v. Gore, right? And then you have all these other mechanisms in play. Another thing that happened recently was that Iran, uh, the FBI came out to say that uh, Iran has uh, been interfering in the election in addition to China and Russia. But one example was, I believe, was in the Miami area, which is always a critical area because Florida is a critical swing state. Miami is its biggest city. Uh, where a bunch of people got emails. Uh, it, it came through as like a Proud Boys email, but it wasn't actually the Proud Boys uh, with like straight up like the most ridiculous cartoonish intimidation of like, if you don't vote for Trump, you will be hurt. And like kind of <laughs> like a mob, uh, like a mob style thing, except the mob would never be as cartoonish in the way they did it. Um, but anyway, all of that to say, in addition to like the postmaster police being all fired, the folks that legally look after the the post office, they're out, they're gone. Um, yeah, Ed, Trump could pull a card with oh, claiming election interference from a foreign agent, and that has so many other uh, shenanigans in terms of delaying the certification by the Secretary of State in various states. Right, the election results won't be certified, and there's this December fourteenth deadline. Anyway, we've been through all this before, but just reminding you that there are so many levers to be pulled and so many uh, shenanigans um, that are likely to be weaponized, right, to ensure that while it may look like a Biden win, the election results aren't certified, right? Um, And so one other fun little fact that they're out there for folks is through the month of October, and this falls on many, many months of... uh, a huge spike in new gun ownership. Uh, and this is not just your textbook country bumpkin, uh, you know, GOPers. It's like across the political spectrum, across demographic uh, categories. Gun ownership is through the roof because, you know, all these war game scenarios and also just fucking common sense that the civil war or at least widespread street level violence is likely to ensue. And that's regardless of what happens, right? If it's a landslide Biden win, violence. If it's a contested close election, violence. If it's a Trump win, violence, you know, like, so that's another aspect of all of this shit is like real people like on the ground fighting and inciting violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially bad time, at least in my opinion, to be in cities, um, even though we both currently are and like technically, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know, there's probably mayhem that's going to ensue all over. And I mean, <clears throat> like, I, you know, I've been calling also for a long time that there will be violence 
uh, either way, like you just said, anyway, the scenario unfolds, unfortunately, but like, damn, did we miss our opportunity to strap up? Like, should, should we be stocking right? up? I'm like, shit, should I be packing heat right now? <laughs> Weapon piling. Um, yeah. And now I'm really concerned. Um, yeah, it's just fun, fun countdown. So close to sheer insanity. And like we said, so much happened while we were gone. I mean, the whole Trump Corona saga is wild in and of itself. And just the fact that he's like alive at this point is honestly surprising to me. But like I said, there might be another true October surprise. I mean, we still have like a week of this month left and Halloween's coming up. Mm hmm. No, I, I totally agree with you, right? With this, the way, the way 2020 has been going, right? And how this, even this month started, as you said, with Trump getting COVID and all the drama about him being taken to Walter Reed in the helicopter and then the silence and all this shit. And then like the, in his eyes, his camp's eyes, the like heroic, like recovery and his delusions of grandeur and all the mania that played out this month. I completely agree. The way this year's been going, this way this month has been going, the way this whole election's been going, we still have one full week left of this month. In 2020 terms, a full business week is like a month and a half in any other year. So uh, certainly expect some curveballs for sure. Some curveballs this week. Maybe we can just briefly like spitball on, on October surprises we might see coming. And I know you have some like astrological things to bring up at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, potentially some hunter biden dirt let's not forget 2016 it was 11 days before the election that the comey uh, fbi thing came out which materially impacted hillary's uh standing in the polls and ultimately her her defeat um and so definitely maybe some hunter shit there's been a lot of shenanigans this uh month uh and, and definitely mentioned in the debates about this like laptop from hell that surfaced in a very bizarre way and you know all of these accusations directed at uh hunter biden and all this stuff there could be something even if it's on on shaky ground that t-shirt cannons into public imagination because uh, you know they've been sitting on shit right you know that they've been waiting to to bop something out because Desperation's the name of the game. 45 is down and out and desperate. And as my co-host said, looking down the barrel of a shit ton of lawsuits, potentially prison time, uh, with all of these various uh, sh like lawsuits that are uh, underway that have been playing out for quite some time. So Hunter is one category, right? Um, another one that I, I kind of mentioned was some sort of... Um, official recognition of like intense election interference we've already had that a little bit but there could be a bombshell blowout that further aids trump and his camp in undermining the legitimacy of the election that's something that could pop up uh but just spitballing anything else co-host that you think potentially could manifest in the form of an october surprise with six seven days to go well, I mean, definitely the laptop stuff. Um, I The past few days, I haven't really been up on the latest happenings, but I know recently Trump was not alluding, but literally saying that 
you know, they had tapes of Biden with underage girls, um, children, and I think it's going to be stuff with that. And then, you know, like, that's not really fair if, even if that came out, like, Biden would have to pay for his son's mistakes necessarily, but there's that whole, like, money trail stuff going on. Do you know more details about that? Because all that is unfolding. I think it really, one, might be something to do with that, um, but I have something else brewing in my mind too, but first, yeah, do you know any more about that? Yeah, essentially, like, while Biden was VP, you know, Hunter was on this board of Burisma, this Ukrainian energy firm, and he was paid, like, millions of dollars. And so while some reports have come out saying that there's been there's been no wrongdoing, let's not forget that the, a similar report came out in July 2016 saying there was no wrongdoing with Hillary's emails. Well, shit came back in late October. So that's basically it. It's like the money, the amount of money that Hunter received, essentially. And he was unemployed prior to that, so it doesn't look or sound great to the average person. And that he was also, like, secretly funneling money to Biden, too, mm-hmm. or, like, calling him, like, the big man or something. Yes, that's right. But, yeah, I just have, like, Trump's voice in my head, just, like, Burisma. <laughs> like, the way he's, like, <laughs> as he, like, you know, moves his fingers apart slowly, like, Burisma. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm never yes. going to want to hear that played back yes. ever. No, that's actually pretty good. I cannot. I have a horrible trumpet pressure, but that's pretty on point. I can hear his voice when you say that. Yeah, there's so many impressions of him. Um, I don't know, maybe part of the October surprise that already happened was that documentary that just came out, the Totally Under Control one, which I want to talk about in a minute, um, from all these federal uh, health agency people speaking out. But, yeah, really quickly, I did, um, I don't have anything super long, just a brief thing about the astrology of, this Mm. Halloween and so maybe um that will give us a clue as to what might happen but I think yeah that something will happen like they always say um if it doesn't happen on the full moon it's like a few days before or after so yeah I think something big is coming later this week and it's just crazy because we talk about this a lot too like the 24 hour news cycle and how like at this point like both sides are gonna have to pull out something like earth shattering and shocking because we've like we joke about it but it's like teflon dawn you know at this point like Mm -hmm. he's had every scandal that would take anyone else down like i also saw recently like obama um was speaking um somewhere and he was just like if i had done x y and z like they would have had a fucking field day with me like, oh. <laughs> I totally, yes, about Trump's Chinese bank account, which just came out, too, which he exactly. seems imper- like he seems like he's not being impacted by, which is insane. Yeah, they're like, they call me Beijing Barry. <laughs> he's not wrong. Beijing Barry, yeah. But yeah, the problem is like the mudslinging on both sides. It's appropriate. It's like what we talk about in real life. It's like the echo chambers of social media, either side, like people on diehard Trumpers and or Trumpettes or diehard like Democrats, they are not understanding that both sides are kind of almost lobbing sim- similar accusations against each other in some ways, right? Like China stuff, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and there's truth on both sides, and that's the problem. Like, both sides have, you know, their hands are dirty. Like, there's just the whole, I, I don't know, I'm not an anarchist, but the whole system at this point is like, fuck, it all needs to crumble down. That being said, said still go out and vote for Biden. <laughs> No, totally. Yeah, it, it is this feeling of busting at the seams and the mudslinging is almost like, yeah, absurd how similar it is and the attacks from both sides, right? Because there's a lot of similarities for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, tension continues to rise to new heights for sure. Yeah, and then just to get in really briefly to the astrology, so why I think that there could be a true October surprise then is like, so on Halloween, we have the, a blue moon in Taurus, and blue moons are really cool because that's that's when we have two full moons in, in one month. So we had our first full moon, which was the harvest moon, on October 1st in Aries, very fiery time. And then now we also, in addition to it being the blue moon, which just in and of itself makes the veil thinner and Halloween in and of itself, you know, day of the dead also makes the veil thinner or communication easier between this side and like the spirit realm. So things are getting mystical and witchy as fuck. Um, so mm. blue moons are magical as the name implies the moon kind of looks blue and that is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, but it is also <laughs> This one's weird because it's actually a, a micro moon, so it's smaller and less powerful <laughs> than normal blue moons. So something that, you know, happens here might not reach its peak or come to full fruition until the next full moon in November, which happens to be on an eclipse, and that's really charged. But something still could get stirred up during this time because the moon is um, conjunct Uranus. And that represents, like, unexpected news or sudden awakenings or just, like, abrupt changes you could not have seen coming. So I'd be interested to know, like, specifically what transits Trump is going through then and Biden. But that's why, um, you know, with the Uranus thing really going on with the full moon, that's why I think something explosive news will be uncovered or revealed to the public it might be oh if we were spitballing i also say have to say it might be something with a ufo um disclosure even though there's already you know been some disclosures that haven't even caused as much waves as you would think because once again 24 hour news cycle but you know, either maybe like a fucking press conference with aliens, maybe Space Jam in real life being announced. I think they're going to say something with going back. Like, we're finally going back to the moon again. Because um, I think NASA has something to announce soon. But, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's the little astro lens on it. It's fascinating, right? What you said. Thanks for that. And, you know, Uranus feel free to jump in here as you know more about this than I do, but I mean, death or rebirth transformation, right? These are like kind of key themes and it just stepping back from 10,000 feet, you know, it's, 
there's no way that this is going to end on a whimper, right? Or there's no way that this is going to end on some sort of anticlimactic note. Uh, it feels, and I sense this too, that some sort of bombshell, whether it be you know manufactured or especially manufactured or, or not, um, is brewing. And and the reality is, um, you know, Donnie is shaking in his little boots. Um, so who knows? Um, I think with his narcissism and everything, and also the <laughs> repercussions of him being a civilian, you know, not being in the Oval, um, the reality is really the volume's getting turned up on him. And so who the fuck knows what him and his cronies would uh, be desperate enough to do um, in in the final days as a final fucking Hail Mary. <laughs> so um, could be wrong. It, they could, you know, not have any tricks up their sleeve, but I would be shocked if they didn't at this point. Yes, I would be shocked as well. Um, oh, and there is something even more terrifying that could be the October surprise, which I just... <laughs> reminded myself of but some say that we're secretly um china is like poised to go to war with us (laughs) unbeknownst to us i heard some australians um were like uh hey americans have you heard this news uh again heavily vetted sources not so (laughs) take it with a grain of salt Um, but yeah, just something else like, you know, that there's all these fucking distractions here within the the shit show contained within the borders of in the United States of America, but we are looking and in an especially weak position globally. So, uh, now would be the perfect time for some country to come and like, fuck fuck our shit up on our soil and i wouldn't say we don't deserve it but i do have to say fuck i don't want to live through that absolutely absolutely and you know you and i my co-host and i have have chatted about this um earlier this year and this was like before the pandemic i was like oh all trump needs is like a last minute like terrorist attack to boost patriotism and all that shit but as you said, we are especially vulnerable from a global perspective right now, right? We have so much that we're dealing with as a country, like internally as a country, um, that, yeah, I mean, some sort of interference in the form of, yeah, violence or infrastructure meltdown or something like that. Terrorist um, attack. You know, it, it's been shown that when there is something like that, the incumbent, whoever's in the Oval Office, benefits because it's just sort of like a almost Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like people go back down to like the primal sense of safety and security. And usually that means whoever's currently in charge. So who the fuck knows? But um, I think anything's on the table and certainly are various forces out in the world, including China. Um, yeah. Might <laughs> intervene in a certain way coming up. Right. They have their own motives as well. Mm-hmm. So we have everything from perceived China threats to alien um, press re- press conference. So any of that could happen. But yeah, when you said something like the next, uh, or yeah, the terrorist attack, basically, um, I would agree because the whispers I heard were that sh- like, well, it was a tape of Chinese media. Again, I don't know how to speak Chinese, so maybe this translation was wrong or purposefully wrong, but it did say, you know, that they 
wanted to wage an attack on U.S. bigger than 9-11. So we'll see. Well, it, w- it wouldn't be much, right? We're already at our knees as a country. Um, and yes, our military is very strong. But at this point, talk about the most vulnerable position that you can be in. It's really right now where we are right now at this specific moment in time as a country. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely makes you wonder uh, about what how that position may be taken advantage of, especially in the home stretch here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was bad, you know, while we were in a bad position when Trump was in the hospital. Um, but that had such a quick turnaround that, you know, I, I wasn't worried with that thought for long. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see all of this documentary. I'd, I'd like to maybe come back to it again next time, or we can both watch it together, but, uh, totally under control. It was on, um, I think Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, I think. Um, but basically like this really another thing that's supposed to be like a bombshell right um but it's a documentary of these federal agents like speaking out against the president it's weird because it's like a living um we're we're living in this documentary it's not like a documentary of a decade ago or something it's very strange to be watching a documentary on things Mm. that transpired months ago uh, and I'm like, part of me is like, if you bitches put together this documentary, like, couldn't you have, like, done more, like, assassinated Trump? <laughs> um, I mean, just kidding, I don't condone violence, but, like, someone's gotta step up. Um, so, mm-hmm. you guys were busy, like, making a socially distanced documentary. Um, no, but I shouldn't say that, because we, we need whistleblowers of all all types right now, right? And... Mm-hmm. The, I'll tell you about the little um, I did see. It's two hours, so I saw like a little bit less than half. But basically, they just start off talking about, you know, the first case in the States, which was in Seattle, uh, January 20th, first positive case identified here, and how it seemed sort of like it was a um there's no fortunate place to have a first case but like Seattle of all places seems somewhat well equipped because there's a lot of like public health officials and presence there and um scientists and also so the first time the first case we see on January 20th um we also see the first case in Seoul South Korea And since then, of course, you know, in the States, we've had, like, over 200,000 dead and a predicted another 200,000 um, before the year is out, like my co-host said. Um, but then they just kind of go on to, like, parallel us and Korea and how they kind of, like, mo- mobilized and moved quickly and were able to contain and blah, blah, blah. I'll go into more detail, but I do just have to say, like, n- yes, this was handled very poorly in many ways, but like, even though we're laughing stock of the world, I mean, all all countries have somewhat botched it, except I feel like except in Sweden, maybe um I could be wrong, but because we're seeing like a lot 
you know, second wave forming with, again, vengeance in Europe and all these places that supposedly um, did a much better job than us. So in some ways, it's like, does that even matter against this virus? If this virus is uh, more powerful than any of us. But anyway, <clears throat> so they talk about the first case and then they said on January... But back on January 7th, before the first case in the States, um, public health officials had already talked to, like, CDC, and the CDC said they were setting up an emergency um, team, but this Trump seemed really indifferent to the pandemic. I mean, he was more concerned about the election mm-hmm. and the economy. Um, because before this pandemic, you know, his platform for second term was the strength of the economy, aka, like we've talked about before, how the stock market was doing well, but once again, that is not an indicator for how the economy is performing. Um, but anyway, that was like his claim to fame, so he is not trying to hear about, um, an epidemic or possible pandemic. Um, but also in 2019, January through August, uh, lots of different national, state, local, public, and private organizations came together to basically, um, run a simulation on a pandemic similar to what we've talked about in previous episodes, the Rockefeller Foundation, I believe, did, like, a simulation of a pandemic and how you know, leaders would handle it globally. Well, this was the same done with all, like, U.S. um, people, like, 19 different federal agencies from, like, HHS, Human uh, Health and Human Services, to ASPR. Lots of acronyms. Um, But the whole point (laughs) is, it was another eerily similar uh, circumstances and situation like uh, covid actually played out again just like the Rockefeller Foundation uh too with their simulation eerily similar um and also took place also very close to COVID but the crimson scenario it basically the outlook it did not look good (laughs) so they're basically their outlook was like yeah we wouldn't really be prepared we don't have enough money to deal with this blah blah lots of other problems um but anyway, the seed they go on to kind of talk about the first time the CDC had had to hold like a press conference and you know that they were forced to lie and keep the lie going that Trump had first told the public, which was like we've got this all under control, and they really had nothing under control, as we can see easily. I mean, once again, we know like Trump has fired many important people um, throughout every single cabinet and institution that this country relies on. Um, So the health field and public health is no exception. And yeah, he's just replaced all these important positions with like his loyalist cronies who are very religious and like frankly don't have experience or background. And he just like shut down important things we already had in place um like a pandemic response team and I think Australia and the UK did that as well so not 
mismanagement like throughout the world mm. I'd be interested to hear but basically this the red dawn started to form and that was like this private email chain that public health officials could have behind the president's back and you know just warnings and recommendations about the virus monitoring the virus um but politicians didn't listen and it's funny you know you mentioned the 1918 pandemic the spanish flu and they said in the red dawn emails that this was similar to 1918 because the government was you know reacting the same way they had bigger concerns they were dealing you know we're in the midst of war global war so <sighs> history does repeat itself um, but yeah, the the movie just kind of goes on to talk about the, the lie about, you know, Mitch McConnell saying the Obama administration left us no game plan when actually that wasn't true. There was this whole task force that had been put together under the Obama administration on global health security and biodefense um, by the NSC and basically... They had, you know, a playbook that Trump really did throw out. And I think it was, like, his stupid press secretary. I don't even remember her name. But she she was like, this, um, she was like, this tiny packet was the so-called playbook from the Obama administration. And, yeah, we did throw it out because we commissioned these two slightly thicker but still thin binders so you know we have we have our own shit and we have it under control um but no they don't because this is handled very differently like like i said they also profile korea and how they um the steps that they took and how it wasn't a political um issue it was just viewed truly as a public health issue not politicized um, the movie, they also talk about, like, 2003 SARS, how that was quickly contained, um, and in 2009, when there was a new H1N1 strain, 13,000 died, but the administration moved quickly and was open with the public, unlike Trump, who was trying to, like, save the public from panicking, um, and not be transparent with them. Um, but even with Obama, like, four years later, uh, after 2009, when they handled H1N1 okay, Ebola happened, and they didn't really act fast enough in many ways. Um, so, not to say Obama handled everything perfectly, but, you know, they really did have a so-called, like, playbook that Bitch McConnell lied about, and... We all know just anything that Obama or his administration did, Trump, out of spite and pity, doesn't want to, like, accept or acknowledge, even if it could have helped the country. So, yeah, the last thing I'll say about this, because um, I do want to watch it more in depth, but I just know there's also, like, you know, when we'd have the press conferences with Fauci and Redfield, like... They were the actually the only two people you would see out of the group standing behind the podium that were like had experience in public health. Everyone else, like I said, has been like put in there 
by Trump and are very religious and, like, don't know what the fuck is going on. So, you you know, behind the scenes, Fauci and Redfield are like, oh, my God, I can't believe I even have to stand with these, like, religious zealots who probably think you can pray mm. the coronavirus away like Trump said one day it will go away like a miracle. Um... But yeah, we should give that more critical look and view, but that's just a little taste of totally under control. Awesome recap. Yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, that director is phenomenal. He did um, Taxi to the Dark Side, Going Clear, the Scientology documentary, which is one of the most terrifying documentaries I've ever seen. So yeah, I can't wait to get my eyes on that because I bet it's, uh, I mean, certainly horrifying but definitely like really well produced and all that but yeah we should definitely pick uh pick that up uh for sure again when we both um finish it and i would be remiss if i didn't mention another movie uh that has just been released this past weekend that is uh <laughs> Uh, relevant and timely is Borat 2. Yes. Uh, which I I did watch and... Nice. I didn't win- yet. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, like, shocking. Like, I'm pretty shameless <laughs> and not often, like, shockable or mm-hmm. super shockable person, I'd say. <laughs> uh, but I was, like, my jaw was, like, on the floor, like, watching this fucking movie and the shit that Sasha Baron Cohen, f- pl- like, pulled off successfully is uh truly amazing i didn't realize that it was entirely like political like it is mm-hmm. about the pandemic it is about trump and and all of that stuff so it's definitely worth a watch but it's been uh in the press especially because giuliani trump's <laughs> fucking lawyer and you know what a fall from grace that guy had he used to be america's mayor beloved and now he's like a joke of himself but anyway he like literally had his pants down uh after a rep- uh interview with this female reporter and so it's in this movie and so he he basically giuliani's camp basically said like i had to lay down to to straighten up straighten my uh shirt <laughs> oh my god and it's so it's so clear that he's like you know touching himself uh so anyway it's, it's quite a um yeah it's yeah no kidding how did he get um, them to qu- sign like releases or i just how did he you know that's so funny i saw it with two friends and we were um talking about the same thing we're like how did how did they get that like how did they get documents signed that were either vague or whatever that allowed for this to happen. Like it's truly shocking on just that level alone to be like the shit that people sign up for or don't read or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts, but yeah, they have also him like, you know, singing the song at, a uh, in Washington state in front of like a bunch of like Patriot prayer, like, right wingers doing like Nazi salutes and like, it's like, wow, like it's quite a cultural glimpse into like what's been going on. And this has all been filmed. Like they started right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's like very timely, very relevant and also just genuinely entertaining. So definitely recommend, recommend that for sure. Holy shit. Yeah. The only thing I saw was of course the Giuliani clip that you mentioned. And yeah, it's just like, like we said, there's just even all these explosive doc. I don't even know if you can call this documentary, but in some ways it is like satirical mm. documentary, mockumentary. I don't know. 
Um, but it's still, like, all of... Even you said you were shocked a little bit, but it's just, like, shock factor fatigue, like, shock therapy, you know? Um, because mm-hmm. what's it gonna take? Like I said, to me, it's, like, either fucking World War Three or aliens at this point is the only thing to capture the attention of the entire world because our attention is so scattered between this crazy new documentary or this one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's a really good point. Our threshold, I mean, the past four years, but especially this year in particular, our threshold has been decimated. It takes so much more, right? As you're saying, to like truly capture people's attention and and shock people. So yeah, I mean, it's only something on the scale of uh, alien invasion or yeah, like a full on war. Beyond that, I mean, take your pick. There's a bunch of other shit in plain view that's already released. That's like, you know, people are just snacks, roll your eyes, like whatever. So yeah, it's going to take a lot. It's if there is a surprise brewing, it's going to be a biggie. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I can't believe we didn't cover the last debate. I almost felt like we had because we had talked about it privately a little bit. It's true. Yeah. Maybe we should do like a quick little recap right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Give some final thoughts. Yeah. So some, yeah, to close up this episode, just a quick little preview next week, we're going to be doing a monster episode. Uh, it's going to be our final one before the election. So much more to come there, but yeah, just to kind of wrap this episode up, uh, my co-host and I will go back and forth real quick on our final thoughts on the debate. This debate was definitely much more of a traditional debate. Uh, again, everything's relative and our, uh, thresholds are all fucked up, but Compared to the first one, it was definitely like much more well uh, well moderated. Like Kristen Welker did a phenomenal job. Um, there certainly was, you know, some shenanigans. But I would say at the end of the day, like I think Trump's camp believes that they stopped the bleeding, so to speak. Right? Like it wasn't horrible. It wasn't a shit show on Trump's end. Um, and I think Biden did a decent job. The one thing, my this is my one takeaway. Biden's blood sugar was crashing per usual. He was craving a nice warm glass of prune juice, I imagine, toward the end. He was faint. The blood was, you know, not in his face. He was looking pale. He was tired. He's fucking old. He's tired. Uh, You know, Trump has that bizarre fucking stamina. Doesn't have the same issue. Toward the end of the debate, Trump laid a trap for Biden, and Biden fell for it. It was about climate and specifically oil and biden didn't have to engage with trump but he chose to and essentially what happened and this soundbite is playing all throughout pennsylvania right now all throughout texas right now all throughout north carolina all these swing states that have energy sectors biden said well i will i'm transitioning away off of oil (laughs) so like no comment about what that means and how that is signified and how that's already baked into the climate plan. Him saying that to such a big audience right before the election and the way he was so cavalier and the way in which he said that is most certainly going to turn off a lot of swing state voters that work in the energy sector. So Trump immediately latched onto that. His eyes were wide. He's like, oh, that was a big fucking statement. And it was a definitely a political 
huge misstep on Biden's behalf to say, oh, I'm just going to skedaddle. scooby doobity malarkey skedaddle off of oil. It was like, oh, God. So that, if anything, that's the one thing that's going to come back to bite Biden in the ass. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. But then didn't he also say something, though, like that he was like for fracking? That's a good point. Yeah, another energy mishap is that like pretty much everywhere else in the country, and when he talks about fracking, Biden's camp is like, oh, no, I'm against fracking. But he has been super pandering to Pennsylvania, the state most likely to be the deciding state, the, to be the tipping point state, while he's been campaigning lately in Pennsylvania, Biden conveniently has changed his tune, really flip-flopped on this, and said he's he's not against fracking because Pennsylvania is a big fracking state. So I think Trump did a pretty good job at calling that out because it is straight-up hypocrisy. And I think a lot of people in Pennsylvania like recognize that it is total bullshit on Biden's front. Yeah, straight-up politicking that you know, all politicians do, right? Make empty promises. But yeah, like Biden managed to somewhat piss off either side, the environmentalist or people who work in the energy sector. Um, Because to me, saying fracking is like turning off a huge portion of people who are, you know, Green New Deal types. Um, Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, you know, he did distinguish himself and further distance himself from bernie and more progressive people by saying like you're no they're running against me joe biden (laughs) um and when i looked at him i just couldn't help but see actually like some of jim carrey's expressions in him from his snl um you know uh whatchamacallit not appearance but like his God, what's that word for it? Impersonation. Jesus. Yes. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) But yeah, it was so creepy. So I guess like a testament to Jim Carrey, good performance. But um, like we've we've both said to each other privately, I mean, like it was not earth shattering, um, the debate. I feel like they actually did better than I thought that both of them were going to do. Um, it is really sad that this is the first debate where we've had to mute people's mics when it is not their turn to speak as Trump, (laughs) you know, decorum is not his thing to say the least, but yeah, I thought, um, it's funny you mentioned Trump's bizarre stamina and that's cause he's an Addy boy popping 60 milligrams of Adderall (laughs) (laughs) right before, um, and it was funny cause but there was like this meme I saw so good. Um, of course, memes are the only good thing we have anymore. And Biden had said something about cocaine. I don't know if he was talking about a drug war or or what, but he had mentioned cocaine. And then it's just like the look on Trump's face when he said that, like his eyes widened, like he was like, "Does somebody know I'm on coke right now? Don't tell him." Yo, it's so funny you bring that up. We're like total hive mind because I was just about to bring that up too. Yeah, like legit, like the moment that happens where Biden utters cocaine, it's almost like Pavlov's dog situation. Like like Trump's like eyes get really fucking wide and he like spazzes out for a moment. It's like, mm-hmm, Donnie, yeah, you've had some nose beers in your day, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's um that's his bizarre stamina in my opinion. Oh, popping them addies and a little, some key bumps. <laughs> yeah, he was sweating like a motherfucker, just like Don Jr. Um, 
on his fucking live stream the other day. But, ooh, um, probably other points we could say about this debate, but I have to say props to Aubrey O'Day, former Danity Kane, um, singer, because she had, uh, come out a few years ago saying that she had a torrid affair with Don Jr. during the Apprentice days. I think she was on a season of Celebrity Apprentice, and he was still married. Um, so that was not good, but she, after the debate, um, came out with some more bombshells saying, like, John Jr. actually hates his father, um, Ivanka is a lesbian on the low, and, and also, like, Don hates Baron or something. I don't know, something else, like, kind of petty, but, yeah, she just mentioned, she, like, bullet-pointed, I think, three or four things on her Twitter, just like, well, here's some tea about them. Um, did you hear about this at all? Yes, I did see that for sure. And it was like a number of things, right? It was about Don Jr. It was about Baron. It was about, which is a low blow and I think off base, but it was also about Ivanka and all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So there was that little tidbit too. Yeah. So definitely uh, be prepared for a a wild week and some change ahead. Obviously, we'll catch you next time, of course. Uh, Next Sunday, we'll be recording. So we'll have an episode published right before Election Day. But certainly expect the unexpected and uh, do your best to take breaks, take news breaks. It's We've obviously all been so pulled into this fucking nightmare for so long, and it's all the more tempting to get even further pulled into it, especially at the last uh, moments. But do remember that the shame ain't going to be over on November 3rd, November 4th. Like, So be prepared to buckle in for at least a few more weeks after Election Day. That being said, please be kind to yourself and take breaks and drink some water and feel free to take a day or two off if you need to. We'll cover a bunch of shit next time around as well. Yeah, stay safe. I hope uh, Halloween doesn't turn into the real purge election year. Um, stay oh safe. God, for right. <laughs> I should not have ended on this great note, but yeah, hopefully soon, you know, we'll be able to take a break from all this real news madness and cover some other conspiracies. Cause you know, like we always say, um, we intended to always do that, but shit, you got to talk about what is like the most groundbreaking time in modern history, which is right now. So yes, stay safe. Everyone we will be back next week for a super size deluxe episode. Yes. And final thing, if you need a palate cleanser, I highly recommend who be Halloween on Netflix, the latest Adam Sandler movie set in Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Bye.